everyone, and welcome to Where Faith Grows. I'm your host, Laura Lambert. Each week on the show, I sit down with a girlfriend and we explore new areas of our lives where we can let faith thrive and flourish. I'm so happy you're joining me here today. Let's find out together where faith can grow. Hello, everybody. Welcome to my episode zero, the very first episode of Where Faith Grows. I'm so excited you're here. I honestly, excited isn't even the right word. I'm humbled and honored that you're here because you probably have heard me talk about this show either in person or on social media or in an email or something like that. And The fact that you caught the vision enough to even listen today is just truly humbling. I think that's the best word for it. So I can't say thank you enough. I'm thrilled that you're here. I'm thrilled that you're joining me. I'm thrilled that you're up for listening at least once. (laughs) So I want to tell you a little bit about myself before we dive into why I wanted to do this show, just because I want you to get to know me a little bit if you don't already know me. Um, I am married. My husband is Matt Lambert. We've been married for almost six years, which is honestly crazy. I am 28 years old, and sometimes people uh, see wedding photos of us, and they're like, you guys are babies. (laughs) And in all honesty, yes, we were. We were 22 when we got married. Um, We were just out of college, and I felt very grown up at the time, obviously, but now looking back, I realize, wow, we were very young. (laughs) So shout out to mom and dad for um, supporting us. (laughs) Uh, We have a son. His name is Henry. He's 10 months old, just about. He'll be 10 months old almost exactly when this episode comes out, actually. And he is a total joy. Um if I'm being very candid with you, which I always will be, or I'll always try to be, uh, he was a total surprise. (laughs) You know, we had actually been told by doctors that we might have trouble conceiving and we so didn't. And then boom, Henry. So he's our precious little miracle and um, we love him. We love having him around. His little personality starting to come out and it is beautiful to witness. We also have two dogs, Flynn and Hank, and a very short, funny story about that is we loved the name Hank when we got a second dog, and so, of course, that's what we named him, and then when we had Henry and named him Henry, we, being 20-something millennials, had no idea that Hank was a nickname for Henry, and so people started calling him Hank as a fun, cute little nickname, and we had to put the kibosh on that really fast because we uh, did not know that Hank was a nickname for Henry, and we can't obviously have two Hanks running around our house. So we made a little bit of a semi-permanent mistake there, <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> we have two Hanks, kind of, kind of, sort of, but Henry just goes by Henry, not by Hank, never by Hank. 
some things that I just love and am passionate about outside of faith and growing faith and where faith grows and all those things, Um, but just more fun things that I love and I'm interested in. I love music. I love to sing. I love listening to music. Music touches my soul in a way that almost nothing else does, to be totally honest. It moves me deeply. Um, And it doesn't even have to be like a deep song to move me deeply. There are songs by the Backstreet Boys that move me deeply. Um, I am passionate about wellness. I would love to be the person who sits here and tells you I'm passionate about fitness. That's what I want to be. I want to be that girl who sits here and tells you I love fitness. But the reality is I really don't love fitness. I have to force myself to go down to the garage and do my little 28-minute workout. But I am passionate about wellness. I... um I'm passionate about mindfulness and um, yoga and bettering my body and bettering my mental health. And so it is fair to say I'm passionate about wellness. It is not fair to say I'm passionate about fitness. So I won't say that. I love crafting and being creative. I like to paint. I'm trying to learn how to hand letter. I like to make uh, art on my computer, like graphic art. Um, and all things of that nature. I love to read. I like to read all kinds of books, fiction, nonfiction, Christian inspiration, um, really anything. I will give anything a try when it comes to reading, and I'm always looking for suggestions. So if you have any, please shoot them my way. I love to read, and I also love to talk about books with people. So maybe there's a book club in the future. Who knows? I love to travel. Um, Matt, my husband, he and I both love to travel. Uh, One of our little annual traditions is every year on our anniversary, we take a trip. Even if it's just like a little weekend trip, we love to go new places and explore. And we are not casual travelers. Like we are not your go relax travelers. We are go, go, go people. Um, when we travel anyway, that's how we are. So whenever we travel, we go a million miles a minute. We see it all. Um, we are Disney people. I am a total Disney-aholic. I love Disney World. I love Disney movies. I love all things Disney. So make fun of me if you want. I have mouse ears, you know, come at me. I don't know what to tell you. I love it. And I love Gilmore Girls. I love the show Gilmore Girls. I've watched it through probably six or seven times from the beginning. That's full disclosure for you people. Like I really like that show. I, it's an amazing show. If you've never seen it, just talk to me. I'll convince you. Don't worry. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Those are things that I love. Those are very lighthearted things that I love. Obviously, those aren't just like the deepest parts of my being, but I wanted you, if you don't already know me, to get to know me just a little bit. And so those are some things that um, that I love. But uh, what I really want to do now is tell you a little bit of my story so that you can understand why I wanted to create Where Faith Grows, the podcast, or what Where Faith Grows even means and what it means to me and why I I came up with that. So before I kind of dive into this part of my story, I want to tell you right off the bat that it's not perfect. Um, I'm in no way standing on my podium or my high horse and telling you what you should do or what's going to work for you or, yeah, look at what I did. I transformed my life and here I'm going to show you how to do it. That's just, that wouldn't be honest if that's what I was going to be doing. And 
So it's not, you know, my story's not perfect. I didn't do it all perfect. I won't do it all perfect from here on out. And I want to be totally full disclosure on that. Um, Full disclosure is something that you're going to hear me say a lot. And I do say it a lot. (laughs) And it's because I always want to be totally honest and vulnerable and open with you um, on this journey that we're going to go on together. So I'm starting off by being super full disclosure and telling you I'm not perfect. This story isn't perfect. I probably won't even tell it perfect. But I'm inspired to share my own journey with you. And in a lot of ways, I'm asking you to go on this journey with me. So let's start from the very beginning. I grew up in church. Uh, I actually don't even remember a time when I gave my heart to Jesus or became a Christian or however you want to word that. I don't know. And a lot of times people ask me, you know, like, when did you become a Christian? And again, full disclosure, I usually say seven or eight. That's kind of made up, honestly. I really don't know. I mean, I just grew up in church. I I have been a Christian as long as I can remember. Church has been a part of my life as long as I can remember. Jesus has been a part of my life as long as I can remember. And I think I got baptized when I was maybe like 10 or 11, I think. But honestly, I'd have to ask my dad. Like, I really I really don't remember. And that's just me being real with you. Um Christianity is just so a part of my identity and church has always been such a part of my identity that I honestly just don't know who I am without it. Like I I can't tell you when it started. And I was always very involved in church. You know, I did all the good Christian girl things. For me, it was checking boxes. And let me just tell you, I checked as many as I could. (laughs) And then I would feel guilty about the ones that I didn't have the time or the capacity to check. And what I mean by checking those boxes is just doing all the things that I thought were the right, good Christian girl things to do. And that was go to church on Sunday morning, go to church on Sunday night, go to church on Wednesday night, go to Bible study, be in a small group, be in youth group, go on mission trips, volunteer volunteer for the children's ministry, you name it. And I have pretty much done it. And if I'm being very candid with you, it's because I was trying to do all the right things and I was trying to look perfect. I was in the in crowd at all the churches I went to from the time I was a young girl until through the end of college, actually even beyond that. And, you know, I was being asked to lead things. I was on the worship team at, um, a lot of different churches that I went to growing up through college, et cetera. And again, I I really wanted to look like I had it all together. And I would say for most people, they would look at me and think that that was true, uh, that I did have it all together. But on the inside, I was racked with guilt. Uh, I constantly felt like I wasn't doing enough. And to give you some examples of that, if if I wasn't asked to be a leader for a church retreat in college, I agonized over why. If I didn't read my Bible every single day or have quiet time, I tortured myself over it. In fact, um, there was even a period of my life in college when if I didn't read my Bible, I would not allow myself to read any other book because I felt so guilty that if I didn't read my Bible first, why was I going to allow myself to read for pleasure? And I deprived myself of something that honestly lights a fire in me. And I just didn't do it because if I didn't read my Bible, I wasn't going to let myself read a book. 
if I missed Bible study one week, I felt like I needed to explain myself over and over and over and over again to my friends so that I wouldn't feel so guilty. So I'm racked with this guilt on the inside, but on the outside, I continued to do, do, do all the right things. And again, I looked like I had it all together. And I did, sort of, for a while. You know, for a long time, I was able to keep it up. And I kept going and I kept checking the boxes and I kept doing all the right things. And I would go to sleep at night. And if I'm being, full disclosure, (laughs) with you, I would go to sleep at night and think, did I really do anything to further God's mission on earth today? Did I really do anything? Did I really change anybody's life? Did I really transform my life at all? Did I make the world a better place? And you know, maybe in some ways I did, but I just didn't feel like, I didn't feel like this radical faith that I knew existed lived in me. And I read about all these amazing things that happened in the New Testament and these transformative experiences that people had and this this faith that caught the world on fire. And I thought, is this it for me? Like, am I ever going to get to experience that? Or is it just going to be endless Bible studies and church services? Is that it? Is that all there is? And I felt guilty. I still felt like I wasn't doing enough. And so when I was maybe about 24 or 25 years old, it all caught up to me. And I was just, I was so caught up in checking those boxes and doing and saying all the right things that I think I lost track of my faith somewhere. And so I had religion, you know, I had it down pat. I have had it down pat since as long as I can remember, but somewhere along the way, I lost track of faith, and the shackles of my religion started to take a major toll on me. And I want to be really clear when I say shackles. I am in no way indicting the church. Um, I think in a lot of ways, these were things that I placed on myself. These were things that I thought I had to do to be a perfect Christian, and they were totally shackling me. I was more interested in learning the three steps to evangelize someone correctly than I was in looking into that person's eyes and seeing them how Jesus sees them. I was more interested in fixing people than in meeting people where they are. And I was way more interested in reading my Bible every day and, you know, agonizing over what each translation meant and what the original wording was. I was way more interested in that stuff than I was in actually seeking out the heart of the Heavenly Father who inspired those words. So that's what I mean when I say I had religion, but I lost my faith. I had religion and I was really good at it, but somewhere along the way, I lost the heart. I lost the heart of it all, and that's why I was going to sleep every night and wondering, is this it? And so I left. I left it all behind. And over the last few years, I have run as far away from those rules that I imposed on myself as I possibly could. And I will be the first one to sit here and tell you that I did not do that perfectly. And I probably won't do it perfectly from here on out, but... I decided to make a change. 
and I decided to run recklessly after faith. And when I'm using the word recklessly a little bit loosely, I don't want you to think I'm just running with no purpose. What I mean is I am running at full speed with full fire and passion towards the faith that I know Jesus makes available to all of us. And I want to tell you what I found when I started doing that. I found a richness of faith that I honestly did not know even existed. I found faith in my everyday life in a way that I just didn't even know could be real. It was new. It was vibrant, radical. It was life-changing. And I know it's out there for all of us. I found faith running at the park with my brother. I found new depth of faith in talks with friends and talks with strangers. I grew my faith cooking, of all things. I grew my faith laughing with a stranger at the grocery store. I grew faith looking into the eyes of people and listening to the hearts of people that, honestly, I would have ignored before. I grew faith on my yoga mat, in music that I let move my soul that before I never would have even allowed myself to listen to. I grew faith in reading books that were just for pleasure and not out of obligation, but they taught me something about my faith, even if they weren't written about faith at all. And I found faith in pews and chairs and churches all over my area. And I found faith everywhere in between. And I think in the process, I'm learning something so beautiful, and it's that God grants us the richness of faith and His presence anywhere we choose to look for it. And so no longer am I going to let myself be boxed in. I am looking for that radical, life-changing, world-stopping faith anywhere and everywhere in all the nooks and crannies because I know it's there and I know it's waiting to be found by us. So I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that I'm on a mission. I am going on a mission and I want you to join me because Where Faith Grows is all about finding all those places and spaces in life where faith can grow and be cultivated and nourished. And I'm sitting down with women from all over the country and I'm sharing their stories with you. I'm sharing their stories of joy, of sadness, heartache, victory, adventure, of passion, of learning, and so much more. Because together, we're going to look near and far for faith in every nook and cranny. I am hearing stories from women about finding faith in cooking their grandmother's recipes and finding faith in writing their own music and in learning to run a marathon and in teaching and in mental health and in so many other places and spaces. And it's just showing me and teaching me that faith is everywhere. It's everywhere we're willing to look for it. It's in the big moments, the small moments. It's in totally unexpected moments. And faith is fun. I don't think before I allowed faith to be fun. And it is. Jesus invites us on this amazing adventure. And it's free for the taking. And so when I'm sitting down with these women and interviewing them and hearing their stories and learning from them and then sharing it with you, you know, it's a lot of fun. And I think you're going to think it's a lot of fun. We laugh together. um, We joke around. we, We talk about the real serious stuff and the deep stuff. But we also 
we just enjoy each other's presence and company. And I think that you are going to love being a part of it because where faith is found, more faith is cultivated. And then we get to share it and grow it all over again. And that is how we change the world, ladies. And you get to be a part of it and I get to be a part of it. And that's the biggest gift of all. You know, we all get to have a seat at this table to grow faith and share it. And so let's start by finding it. Let's start by finding it everywhere. I want to know where faith can grow, and I want you to join me. So I want you to ask yourself if this is you. I know there are many people out there that are probably just like I was. You may have religion, and you may even be really good at it, but you know when you go to sleep at night that there is more. You want to grow and radically transform the faith that you have. And you know it can be bigger. And you want that faith that you've read about in the New Testament. You want to see miracles. You want to change lives. You may even want to change the world. But if we're being honest with ourselves, maybe sometimes we feel stuck. Or we don't really know where to go next. And so you're invited. You are invited to join me. You're invited to pull up a seat at this table. Because together, we're going to go on a journey to find and cultivate faith everywhere we can. Because when we invite faith to take root, it will grow like wildfire. And if we really believe in the God who gives and loves and honors big faith, then we really better believe He can use it and us to change the world. So again, I want you to join me because together we're going to find all the places where faith can grow. Thanks again for joining me, everyone. If you love Where Faith Grows, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and give it a thumbs up. I sure am glad to have you join me here in this space where we all can explore our faith and all the places it grows together. Have a wonderful week, friends, and I'll see you back here next week.